So before we get into our message, I want you to think back, those of you that are older and out of school, uh, whether it's school, secondary school, maybe college. From time to time, they give you a test. How many like taking tests? Anyone? <laughs> yeah, one does. There's one weirdo here, so it's the rest of them are normal. <laughs> Uh, but you know, they give you tests in school. And the purpose is to see how much uh, grasp you have on the things they taught you. And some tests are, you know when they're coming. I remember when we were in Bible college, we had this uh, one professor uh, that he would, uh, from time to time, he called a pop quiz. You had no idea when it's going to come. He wouldn't do it a lot, but every once in a while, he would just, we'd come to class, we would uh, take attendance. And he would give a 10 question pop quiz. Usually covered the material he taught in the last three or four sessions that he taught. <clears throat> now we all knew we would have a test from time a pop test some, some from time to time <clears throat> but no one knew when it's going to be so what that forced everybody to do is they had to be prepared all the time well today we're going to look at Abraham again. The faith of Abraham. And I guess today's message could be entitled, The Testing of Abraham's Faith. We've already read the text. Beginning in chapter 12, verse 10 through chapter 13. But the first nine verses of chapter 12, Abraham just arrived in the place God told him, the promised land. But then verse 10 starts out like this. And there was a famine in the land. Abraham was a herder. He had a lot of cattle, a lot of sheep. We called that he was he was a rancher. He had a ranch. So famine came, nothing to feed his animals. He was going to face this test. Now our text tells us we read that 
This test was a test of Abraham's faith. Someone had someone once said faith that cannot be tested is faith that cannot be trusted. Peter he compared the testing of a believer's faith with gold that is tried in the fires that bring out the impurities of the, in the gold. God's purpose in bringing tests into our lives is to verify our faith as well as purify our faith. Just like those tests in school that came up and no one was no one knew was going to come. That would bring out what you know the subject being taught. We're going to see three tests in Abraham's faith today. And many of these same things that happened to Abraham come on to us. Their test God brings into our lives. As a believer, we know that things are going to come into our life. Problems, trials. We just... We just don't know when. So today, these three tests that Abraham was tested with was a test of circumstances, test of people, and test of things. Your circumstances come in our our lives from time to time. Could be good circumstances, could be bad circumstances. But they come. They're a way of testing what's in us. So, let's get ready to take this test today. The first test, a test of circumstances. Chapter 12, verse 10. A famine came into the land. And notice, Abram went down into Egypt to sojourn there. For the famine was grievous in the land. So Abraham, his first test was a test of circumstances. God had just called him to the promised land. He just got there. He had left his homeland, go to a place God had told him to. So he gets into the land, the first thing that happens is a grievous famine. 
The promised land. It's a type. We mentioned this morning in Sunday school. It's a type of heaven. Uh, we understand that. But probably a better type. It's a type of our Christian walk. He was in the land God promised him. God gives him a test. God had called Abraham to leave his country. Leave his family. Go to a place I will show you. Now he's there. He's in the land of Canaan. He's ready to settle down in this land. Enjoy this new life that God has given him. You know, she kind of say, God, I'm here. I'm, I'm where you talk, call me to go. He's probably ready to settle down and, and enjoy the fruit. He probably thought his journey was complete. But, but this was just the beginning of his faith. Just the beginning of Abraham. God allowed his, his famine to come into the land. And Abraham had to find food for his family and all of his herds. The Bible tells you tells he had 318 trained servants in his family. Plus large herds of cattle and large herds of sheep and probably some camels. He had to feed a lot of people. He had to find all this food to feed all these people, all these animals. But instead of remaining in the land and trusting God, what did he do? Because he went down into Egypt. Egypt in the Bible is a type of the world. Rather than seeking God's help in this trial, Abraham turned away and ran. He went back into the world. He went down into Egypt. Sounds pretty familiar. Many, many times we face troubles and trials in life. Instead of staying, staying where God has brought us to in our, in our Christian walk, oftentimes people run back into the world. They go back to the former things in their life. Happens all the time. 
These kind of circumstances will test your Christian walk, your Christian faith. God often uses difficulties, difficult circumstances in our lives as a way of building our muscles of our faith. As our faith is increased, we will trust the Word of God more than mankind or more than the world. We need to stay where God has put us in our walk. Until God directs us to move. Nowhere in this text did God tell Abraham, go down to Egypt. God didn't tell him go to Egypt. God just told him, Go to this place, this promised land, the land I promised you. He, he just got there. And in times of testing, our question should not be, how can I get out of this problem? That's not what the question we should ask. How can I get out of this problem? What it should be, what can I learn from this problem? Not how to get out of it. What can I learn? We face all kinds of problems in life. When problems come, just don't just don't cut off and run the other way. As a believer, try to figure out what God's trying to teach us out of this, this problem. Abraham failed this test miserable. You don't have to fail a test of your circumstances. You can learn from other people. Whether it's a biblical person, you can learn from their life. Or someone you know personally, learn from what they, they do. We can learn from Abraham and others who failed miserably. And don't follow their example. Don't run away from the problem. Figure out what you can learn from that problem. So that was his first, the first test of circumstances. The second test is the test of people. In chapter 12, verse 11 through 13, verse 4. So he goes... To Egypt. It says when it came to pass, when he was come near to enter into Egypt, 
He said to Sarai, his wife, Behold, I know thou art a fair woman to look upon. He said, You are a knockout. You're, you're a beautiful woman. When we get down to those heathen people in Egypt, don't tell them you're my wife. Tell them you're my sister. Because if they find out you're my wife, they're going to kill me and take you to be their wife. Just, just tell this, this small little bitty lie. In Egypt, Abraham faced a whole new set of problems. He ran from one problem and got into a bigger problem. That's often the way it works. <laughs> When we run from a small problem, it always makes other problems seem to be big, a little bit bigger. When he was in Canaan, when he was, when he was in the promised land, he had to deal with this famine, how to find food. But now he goes to Egypt. In Egypt, there's a king called Pharaoh. And Pharaoh was a god. That's what they thought. The Egyptians thought the Pharaohs, they were gods. You go to Egypt today. It's these big pyramids. And the Sphinx. Why were they built? They were built for the gods of Egypt. The pharaohs were buried there. That's, that's what they thought. They thought they were gods. Moving from one problem is not going to help anything. Moving away from the place God has led you to. When you leave that place when problems come. It's not going to solve the problem. You may be away from it for a little while. But you may face a bigger problem than what you had where you were. So Abraham changed in a number of ways. He moved from trusting God to scheming. When you read the text... Abraham had no altar in Egypt. When he gets back to the promised land, he goes back to the place of the altar. So, no place to call upon the Lord for guidance and direction. He resorted to his own wisdom. And that always leads to problems. You, know, you, hear, you hear all the time. Just trust your heart. That's the worst advice you can take. 
The heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? So don't follow that that that, that wisdom. He made a plan to deceive all the Egyptians concerning his relationship with his wife. This was a preconceived plan. He came up with his plan before he ever got in trouble. Genesis 20:13 tells us this. This was what in Abraham's mind. Before he ever left Earth, the Chaldees. This was in Abraham's mind. Because this, uh, Genesis 20, 13 says this. 20, 13. And, it, and it came to pass. When God caused me to wander from my father's house. This is Abraham talking. But I said unto her, to Sarah. This is a kindness which thou shalt show unto me. And every place where we shall come, say of me, he is my brother. So before Abraham ever left his father's house, his comfortable surroundings, before he ever left to go to Haran and Haran back to Egypt or back to the promised land, he told Sarah, wherever we go, tell people this is my brother. This was the plan he came up with his own mind. So he had, he moved from confidence to fear. And he wasn't so much afraid for his wife as he was for his own self. He's afraid they'd kill him to take her. He wasn't really treating her well at all. <laughs> He's concerned about saving his own skin. So he moved from confidence to fear. Whenever we in a, we're in a place God has led us to, there's some confidence knowing that's what God, where God wants us to be. But when we find our place where we should not be, there's reason to be in fear. See, repeatedly, God told Abraham, I will do this. I will bless thee. I'll bless those that bless thee. I will make you to be envy of the world. All the families of the earth will be blessed in, the, in and through thee. So over and over, God told Abraham, I will 
still do this. But now, when he goes to Egypt, Abraham says, they will do this. Look at verse 12. Chapter 12. Therefore, it shall come to pass. The Egyptians shall see thee. They will say, This is his wife. And they will kill me. And they will save thee alive. So now he, he went from having confidence in what God said his God was going to do in and through him to being in fear what they will do to him. He had no confidence in God anymore because he's not where God wanted him to be. So he moved from having confidence to having fear. He was more concerned about himself than he was about his wife. Because he took his eyes off of the Lord and started looking at people. The Egyptians and the Pharaohs are mightier than we are. He moved from being a blessing to bringing judgment. We read verse 14 down through 20. God judged Pharaoh's house. Now it doesn't tell us how, but Pharaoh found out about this scheme Abraham came up with. He found out that he was truly, she was truly his wife. And God brought judgment upon Pharaoh's house. God told him, you're going to be a blessing to all peoples. But instead of bringing a blessing upon the Egyptians, he brought a judgment upon the Egyptians. Noah. Not Noah. Not Noah. Jonah. Jonah. What Jonah do? God told Jonah what? Get in this. Go to go to the place I will, will show you. Go to Nineveh. What Jonah do? Got on a ship went the other way. Instead of bringing a blessing upon men and Ninevites. He brought a curse upon those in the ship. God almost killed all of them. Lot. We find later, Lot finally winds up in Sodom and Gomorrah. Because of that, God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Instead of Lot being what he should have been in the wicked city, Lot just kind of lived like they lived. God intended Abraham to be a blessing to people, but instead of that, he became a curse. And God brought judgment upon people. Well, some people think, well, you know, it all worked out good for Abraham. 
He left Egypt with more than what he had. Which he did. So the thing is, people, well, you know, the ends justify the means. That's why people look at things from time to time. Everything he received in Egypt later caused him more problems. His herds were bigger. He got back to the land. He had to separate from Lot because there were problems between Lot's herdsmen and his herdsmen. He picked up a slave girl, Hagar. Brought her back to the promised land. That didn't work out very well. He had a son through her, but never, never God's plan. Having a taste of Egypt. The world. This is what got into Lot's mind. Look at chapter 13, 10 and 11. This is where Abraham told Lot, We're too big, you go one way, I go the other. But look, look at verse uh, 10 in chapter 13. Says. Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan. It was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Even as the garden of the Lord. It's like, it's like Eden. Like the land of Egypt. Lot said, this, this looks like Egypt. The world. How'd that work out for Lot? Not too good. He pitched his tent towards Sodom. Later he's living in Sodom. His daughters married Sodomites. They didn't believe in the Lord. He lost all of his family when God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. He even lost his wife. Brought two daughters out. They got their father drunk. Had children by their father. Where'd they learn this from? From Sodom and Gomorrah. That's how they, that's how they lived in Sodom and Gomorrah. That's how the world lives. They picked up things from the world. Well, I said, this, this looks like Egypt. I'm going to go this way. Face test from people. 
He was faced a test with his wife, didn't work out too well. He faced a test with his nephew Lot, didn't turn out too well. Faced a test with Pharaoh, didn't turn out too well. He failed that test as well. But he went back. 13 verse 4. He went back to the promised land. Verse 4. Under the place of the altar. Which he had made there at the first. And there Abraham called on the name of the Lord. He went back to where he was, should have been the whole place. The whole time. And this is the third test. A test of things. 13, 5 through 18. I'm read a while ago. This, there, he went back and there was Lot and there was Abraham. There was a problem between the herdsmen of Lot and the herdsmen of Abraham over grazing rights. The land couldn't, couldn't sustain all of their animals. And Abraham determined to be a peacemaker, not a troublemaker. He went back to the altar, got things right with God, started doing what he should have done in the first place. The heart of every problem is the heart. The condition of a person's heart determines the condition of their service to the Lord. At the heart of every problem is a man's heart. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Lot's heart, still centered around the world, and what it had to offer. The red chapter, verse 10, he saw it like the land of Egypt. Lot did not see, see with, his, with his spiritual eyes, he only saw with his physical eyes. Abraham had got, had got his heart right with the Lord at the altar. There was no longer able to walk together. Lot and, Ab and Abraham could not walk together because of difficulties. And they headed down two opposite directions. Lot went back to the world. Abraham let God choose where he went. After he returned to Canaan, God put Abraham first. Other second. And himself last. Abraham could have pulled rank. 
Because he was like a father to Lot. He was, Lot was like his son. In, in, in African culture, he was his son. He was his nephew. His father died, so Abraham took him in, in and raised him as a son. So Abraham could have told Lot, I'm the one. I'll choose first, you get what's left over. But he didn't, but he didn't do that. You choose. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. Abraham started here beginning to live by faith, not by sight. Uh, go on. We read 10. Let, let's read 11 and 11, uh, 12 and 13, chapter 13. Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan. And Lot journeyed east. And he separated themselves one from another. And Abram dwelt in the land of Canaan. And Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain. And pitched his tent towards Sodom. And the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners exceedingly before the Lord exceeding. Look at verse 14. And the Lord said unto Abram, After Lot is separated from him, Lift up now thine eyes, and look to the place where thou art northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all the land that you see, I'll give it to you and your seed after you. After Lot had left, then God spoke to Abraham. Started living by his spiritual eyes not his physical eyes. You read from here forward, Lot never had an altar. What the eye sees is what the heart wants. Lot physical eyes saw this is just like Egypt, just like the world, just like where we left. It's a land of plenty. That's what I want. And he, he loved that. He pitched his tent towards Adam. Later on, he lived in Sodom. We know the story of what happened there. What the eye sees, the heart wants. Abraham had taken Lot out of Egypt. But he could not get Egypt out of Lot. 
Remember, Egypt is a type of the world. He chose a land that was just like Egypt. Abraham, Abraham let God choose for him. God said, look up. Get, get your head up. Look to the north. Look to the south. Look to the east. Look to the west. All this land you see, I'll give it to you. Into your seed. Lot lifted up his eyes to see what he wanted for himself. God told Abraham lift up his eyes. So God could give him what God wanted to give him. Walk to the land. He walked from the breadth to the width, the Bible says. Every place your feet touches, God told Abraham, this is yours. Our faith determines how much blessings God will bless us with. Abraham failed the first two tests. But he passed this one. I think the reason he passed it, he got back to the place of the altar. There's going to be tests of circumstances in our lives. All the time. Sometimes we're in the midst of bad things. Sometimes we're in the midst of good things. Either way. There are things that God wants us to face to test our faith. There's going to be tests of people. Good people. Bad people. We're going to come into our lives. We're going to test our faith. There's going to be tests of things. And how we deal with things that we get in this world. So today. How are we going to pass the tests of faith that come our way? We're going to face these similar things in our lives as believers. We'll be challenged by circumstances. We'll be challenged by people. We'll be challenged by things. But how we respond will either strengthen our faith or weaken our faith. We know from the New Testament, you never realize this from the Old Testament, the New Testament tells us Lot was a believer. He calls him just Lot. But look at these two men. Father, son. 
From the same line of bloodline. How they face circumstances and people and things in life. Determine their outcome. They were two totally different outcomes. We have no reference to any of Lot's descendants or really true believers, none. But then we have Abraham. And look at his descendants. And of course through him came Christ. And through Christ we are here. We can thank that because of the faith that Abraham had. Again, he was not a perfect person. He made some bad choices. But Abraham over and over and when he made his bad choices, he would come back to the place of the altar. Get things right with the Lord. Let's all stand today. We have a word of prayer.